I just want to get right into what, what the Lord put on my heart. We've been sharing, uh, this is the fourth time we've done this, third, third, fourth time, yeah. whatever it is. We've just been sharing some basic things. People kind of wonder, you know, what kind of church will this be? You know, what does the church believe? Of course, you can get on the website at, at the uh, eberlyministries.org and, and you can get a statement of faith there and a lot of things on there too. But, um, you know, because there's, there's different ideas and things that people think about when somebody comes to start a church, you know, what kind of church is it? And so we're taking in these meetings, we're just sort of taking some of the foundational things and sharing on them um, that uh, <clears throat> kind of lets people know, you know, where, where, where we're coming from, from the scriptures and so forth. And so something came on my heart real strong tonight that I'm going to be sharing along that line. I want to go, if you brought your Bible this evening, to the book of, uh, <clears throat> we'll go to the book of Psalms. And uh, we'll go to Psalm 103. And uh, <clears throat> back in uh, August of uh, 1990, August the 15th of 1990, I don't remember, I don't know if you remember, but that was a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my wife and I were going to, uh, we had just finished Bible school, excuse me, and uh, we were, we had gotten married and we were there still at the ministry that I mentioned, Kenneth Hagin Ministries. We were helping them regularly there in what they call, Brother Hagin's, uh, I think many of you have heard of Kenneth E. Hagin. Uh, he went on to heaven now, but his ministry there had what he called a healing school, which met twice a day, five days a week, ministering to people that were uh, under attack in their physical bodies. And I'll never forget, we, we had a filing cabinet uh, as tall as that speaker, but twice as wide, probably this wide, just shelves, shelves after shelf after shelf and uh, box after box of testimonies in there of people that had been healed of every disease you can think of and some diseases you can't even pronounce the names of. You never heard of them. <laughs> Amen. And so... We were uh, just so blessed to be a part of that. And in the process of us helping there, not really asking God for, for any particular kind of ministry or anything, but just in the process of helping there on, on this date I mentioned to you, on August 15th, 1990, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, I've given to you a ministry of healing. And, uh, well, at the first I didn't know what all that meant, but in the process of time <clears throat> I actually got a little bit, uh, I guess, corrected, rebuked, or however you want to say it. Uh, gently from the Lord, <laughs> that I wasn't really, uh, wasn't really, you know, responding correctly to what he had said. And uh, the minister ministered to me and said, no, you're supposed to be laying hands on the sick. And so uh, we started doing that, and, and right away people began to be healed by the laying on of hands and through our ministry. And we, we were, we were uh, you know, in one sense of the word, I don't know, this sounds like unbelief, but in one sense of the word, we were shocked. <laughs> you know, farm boy from Pennsylvania, God's ministering healing through his ministry. I mean, you know, but see, it wasn't us, it was him. How many of you know you of yourself, I of myself, can of ourselves do nothing. But, but he's the healer. Jesus is the healer. And he uses people today. That's, that's his prerogative. If he chooses to use you, that's really none of my business. I mean, if he, so, but the point is that he began to use us. I remember, I think it was, very, I think it was the second person we laid hands on was completely healed of lupus. If you know anything about that disease, that's a cruel disease. So we began to see some things uh, through the laying on of hands. And we began 
um, to minister. And the Lord has added a lot to us, spoken to us a lot about it. And I want to share some things about healing tonight. Because, you know, there's sometimes people, they think, well, you know, I don't know if that's in the Bible or if that's still for us today. And I think it'd be good for us just to share a little bit about it so that you know what kind of a church, if you're interested in making this a home church, you know what kind of church you're going to. And are they standing on the scriptures about these things? Is it, is it true? Is it not true? I mean, if it's not true, I insist you find a place that they're preaching something that's true. <laughs> Amen. Because I care about you. I want you to be following the truth of God's word. Amen. So, but um, uh, one of the things the Lord gave me was a ministry of teaching, which is, you know, not the ministry of laying on the hands, but, it's, but it is a, a part of our ministry. And, uh, and uh, that's one of the things that goes along with my healing ministry is teaching people the word concerning divine healing or, or many other things, of course. But you went to uh, Psalm 103, right? Would you go just a couple pages over to Psalm 107 and then we'll come back to Psalm 103? Yes. Would that be all right? Yes. Say it out loud. Jesus, Jesus is the same, is same. Yesterday, yesterday, today, today. And, forever. and forever. I don't know if you know it or not, you just quoted a Bible verse. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's who he is. He hasn't changed today. But Psalm 107, verse number 20, this is something that kind of maybe maybe expands people's thinking a little bit concerning divine healing. They think of healing through the laying on of hands, and that's absolutely scriptural. God does that. Uh, That's probably the main way Jesus ministered healing when he was here on the earth. So we're not saying that's not scriptural. I just mentioned that and so forth. But look at this verse, Psalm 107, 20. He sent his word. Now, let's go back. Let's go back to verse number 19. Uh, not verse number 19. Verse number 17. I got to be careful. I'll end up in Genesis 1, 1. You know? It's all so good. But look at this. Psalm 107, 17. Fools, because of their iniquities and transgressions, talking about people that foolishly dabble in sin, because of their iniqui- uh, transgressions and their... Uh, uh, fools, because of their transgressions, because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhors all manner of meat. They draw near unto the gates of death. And he says their soul abhors all manner of meat. He's talking about they're not even healthy enough to eat food. So he's talking about their sickness. And uh, their soul abhors all manner of meat. They draw near to the gates of death. They cry unto the Lord in their trouble. He saveth them out of their distresses, which, of course, is sickness here. You can see that. He sent his word. He sent his word. Wow. And did what? His word did what? Say, or say, no, well, no, see, salvation's ours, isn't it? But that's not what he said. He sent his word and healed them. Healed them and delivered them from their destructions destructions. He sent his word. So there's healing in his word. There can be healing. uh, There can be a healing anointing fall in a service. There can be the laying on of hands to minister healing to the sick. We believe in that, believe in all that. Um, But here he said he sent his word and healed them. You ought to study the ministry of Jesus. If you haven't, you'd see that Jesus ministered healing to the sick many different ways. Uh, we see him laying hands on the sick. We see the, the sick touching him and power going out of him, the one with the issue of blood. And we could go on and on. Uh, we wouldn't have time in three weeks to go over that. But, 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 but we see Jesus ministering healing by his word. Like, for example, the, the, the man there that he came and said, my, uh, my daughter lies at home at the point of death. Uh, 
Uh, I'm getting it wrong. I think I'm trying to remember which one it was. But he said, go your way. No, it was your, the, the man who had his son was uh, sick. He said, go your way. Your son liveth. Yes. Yes. Didn't lay hands on the boy. He didn't pray for the boy. He didn't, he didn't pray. He didn't, uh, prayer's correct. Laying on the hands is correct. But in this case, he didn't. He just said, go your way. Your son liveth. And the Bible said the man believed the word, believed the word. That he had spoken, and he went his way. When he got home, remember the Bible said he. They they said, "Well, your son, uh, your son is healed." And they said, uh, "He said, when did he begin to amend?" He said, "Yesterday at the seventh hour." He said, "Well, that's exactly when Jesus said, go your way, your son liveth.' There was healing in those words. He just believed the words that Jesus gave him and received his healing. That's good. And so we want to look a little bit at that. Now you were there in Psalm 103. Psalm 103, while you're turning there, I'll just say, apparently, if there's healing in the Word, then we've got to learn to become skilled in handling the Word because the Word is our way of escape from sickness and disease. It's not only our way of escape from sin. Thank God for delivering from sin. Ah, if you're going to get anything, get that. <laughs> you know? But, but uh, Psalm 107.20 talks about healing in the Word. But Psalm 103.1 through 2, notice. Is it all right if we share a lot of scriptures tonight? I mean, you didn't hear, come to hear from Reader's Digest, right? Do they even print that anymore? I don't even know. But <clears throat> I grew up reading that. But Psalm 103.1 through 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget, forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Boy, I'm so thankful for that one, aren't you? I've needed that one. I think all of us have, if we're honest. <laughs> forgiveth all thine iniquities. Thank God for his uh, forgiving mercies. Forgives all thine iniquities, uh, who forgiveth uh, all thine iniquities, who heals all thy diseases. Amen. Now, you and I should read, when we read the Bible, we should read it as a covenant. Of course, this is old covenant, but yet right on the other hand, we'll see that this is brought over into the new covenant. <clears throat> but uh, don't just read this and say, well, you know, it's just wonderful, all the blessings of God. What are the blessings of God in your life? And you go through and look, look at, you know, different things of your life and their blessings. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's wrong. You, you understand me. I thank God a lot, and a lot of things I have and enjoy. I thank God for them. But, but he's not saying here, I'm looking around in my life to see what all his blessings are in my life. He's saying, I'm looking in his covenant to see what his blessings are. He's talking covenant here. And uh, so when he says he forgives all that iniquities and heals all that diseases, we got to see this as covenant, yes. covenant words. This is God's word. You got to always see the word of God as God speaking to you and me today. And so he said he forgives all our iniquities, heals all our diseases. And so apparently there's more in the covenant than just forgiveness. <clears throat> in fact, we're only reading verse 1 and 2. You keep on reading. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. And he goes on and on. Many benefits there. You know, it's like getting a job. They'll, they'll give you a salary and then they'll say, well, we'll give you health, you know, you know uh, medical insurance benefits and this benefit and that benefit. You get off a certain number of weeks a year for vacation and so forth. Well, that's the way God's covenant with us is. The main thing is the remission of our sin. There's, I mean, if you're going to get anything, get that and go to heaven. <laughs> 
But right on the other hand, what's the use of getting that and doing without the rest of the benefits? Why not just go for it all? Amen. So, uh, and that might challenge you if that's not the kind of thing you, you've heard before. But I think if we just listen a little bit to the Word tonight, I think it'd be readily visible from all the Scriptures. If you'd let me do that, would that be all right? And so, uh, David's telling us here that uh, to, to, he was telling us what the covenant said. He knew, David didn't have near the Scriptures we have today about this. But he did have Moses and what God had said to Moses in the covenant. So let's look back there. I think this is what he's refer referring to. Let's go back to the uh, book of Exodus 15. If you don't want to take time to look at all these scriptures, just write them down maybe and go check them out. Go check them out. But I, uh, Exodus 15, 26, he said, if thou wilt diligently hearken. Now this is God speaking through uh, Moses to his people. This is Old Testament. We understand that, but we'll see this come over in the New Testament in a bit. If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I'll put, now the Greek says, or excuse me, the Hebrew, the Hebrew language doesn't have a permissive verb in it. You can, you can see that. I could take a whole hour and show that to you in the scriptures. It's very plain. Um, the Bible said one, for example, one time, I mean, the translators translated it. It says, uh, well, King James says, if, if there's evil in the city, has the Lord not done it? Well, God doesn't do evil. There's no permissive verb in the Hebrew language. And they translated everything causative when some things weren't causative. Like, for example, the Lord's, the Bible said after Israel sinned, the, the Lord sent fiery serpents into the camp. Well, if you read another passage, it had been the Lord keeping the fiery serpents out and protecting them from them. Well, is God the one sending serpents or protecting us? You know? I mean, we've got to decide which one he is. He's not schizophrenic, you know? Amen. Uh, but so we, and I could take a lot of time on that. The Bible said, like, for example, I mean, the King James says, I shouldn't say the Bible said, but the King James says that in, whenever Saul uh, was fighting David, that an evil spirit from the Lord came to King Saul. Was the Lord sending evil spirits to people? No, 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 no. A thousand times no. I mean, if the devil's against us, but then we got God against us too, we might as well just give up. Just say, uncle, we're done. I mean, forget it. <laughs> you know? No, no. That, and I could take a lot of time on that. But what I'm just simply saying a lot of things translated causative in the Old Testament are, are not causative per se. So let's read this again. He said, you do right in my sight and will give ear to my commandments and keep my statutes. I'll put none of these diseases upon thee, which I brought or I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth yes. thee. Amen. Well, no, wait a minute. Is he the one putting disease on people or is he the Lord that heals them? You know, we get our word, we get our term Jehovah Rapha from this. Yes. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Yes. You ever heard the different names of the redemptive names of God in the Old Testament? Jehovah Shalom, Jehovah Nisi, all these different names he gave himself. Well, God and Jesus are so much a healer that he made it one of his names. That's who he is. And Jesus came on the scene and confirmed that. But um, no, it's not that he puts diseases on people. It's that things are allowed. And uh, you could read it that way. Then, and so that's one verse I believe David knew about. 
So he's referring to that. And then you go to Exodus 23, verses 25 through 26. You'll serve the Lord your God. He'll bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Take sickness away from the midst of thee. They shall nothing cast their young nor be barren in, the land, in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. In other words, that's talking about long life, not dying young. The number of your days I'll fulfill. That's good. That's one of his blessings. That's one of his benefits. Then we've got Deuteronomy 7.15. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures tonight. At least you won't go away and say that preacher down there said. No, no, we're just going to read what the Bible said. Deuteronomy 7.15. I've had people say, I'd read these scriptures and people say, well, you know, that's the way you believe it. I got a right to believe what I believe. And you got a right to believe what you believe. I said, no, neither of us have a right to believe what we want to believe. That's we have right. a right to believe the Bible. That's right. So uh, Deuteronomy 7, 15, the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. The Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of these, or we would say permit none of these evil diseases of Egypt, which thou uh, newest upon thee, but will lay or allow, I'd like to say, th- them upon all them that hate thee. David knew that, and that's why he said this is one of his benefits. Yeah. One of his benefits. And so I'm sure he knew Deuteronomy 28, which talks about the curse of the law and the blessings. And you read the Deuteronomy 28, there's many uh, sicknesses uh, uh, announced in there as, as part of the curse. Sickness is part of the curse. It didn't come into the earth until man had sinned. God didn't have, that's not part of God's original creation. And then I'll just give you a little clue after this is all over and the devil's put in the bottomless pit, there won't be any sickness again. Which tells us God's perfect will. So uh, that's what we're establishing tonight, whether it's God's will, really, to to be, uh, for his people to be healed. So he said, uh, he knew all this, and he began to list, uh, David, I'm talking about, he began to list healing as one of the benefits in the package. And so um, he declared some of, these are are part of the redemptive rights of believers today. And so every believer has the right. This is not the benefit of a few believers. This is a benefit of every believer. And uh, it's a benefit every time. I've had a couple of times. I I really believe I'd be crippled and in a wheelchair today if it wasn't for uh, taking God's word. Because of uh, some situations I had in my back and stuff. Actually twice. But thank God for his healing mercies. I was able to lay hold of what he he provided for me. So... uh, this is one of the clearest, to me, Psalm 103 here, is one of the clearest passages. There's many. But in the, in the Bible that shows that divine healing is for all. He didn't say he forgiveth all thine iniquities, but only heals some of your diseases. He said all of your diseases. All of them. Deuteronomy 28 lists a number of them. And then it says in, what is it, verse 61, he said, and also every sickness and every disease, which is not even listed. I heard somebody say one time, they came, well, there's, they, got, they came up with this new disease. There's a new disease going around. I said, well, that one's included. I'm redeemed from that. I'm redeemed from that. Because we come over into Galatians 3. This is the New Testament now, Galatians 3, 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. In other words, the curse pronounced in the law if a person broke the law. We don't have to keep the law today to be redeemed from sickness. We put our faith in the blood of Jesus. 
And if that challenges you, just, just, just keep on listening. You'll see some of these things. So um, it's just as much the right as every believer. Now, later on, David wasn't uh, alive later whenever Isaiah came on the scene, but uh, so he didn't probably know about what Isaiah came prophesying, saying by the Spirit, uh, this wonderful scripture in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. Uh, David uh, didn't know about this, but the Spirit of God did. He put, put this in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5. And uh, surely he, so now you, you read the whole chapter of Isaiah 53, and it's all reference to Jesus. And it talks about him bearing our iniquities and our sins and uh, so forth and so on. And it mentions that in the middle of all that, he said here in verse 4 and 5, Surely he, now this is a prophecy of the Redeemer, the Savior, Jesus. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now the King James says griefs and sorrows, but if you look it up, it's sicknesses and pains. And this is, these same words, griefs and sorrows, are translated in many places in the Old Testament, sicknesses or pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken of God and uh, stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. See, whatever came on him was ours. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. I appreciate that one. I, I was tormented in my mind as a teenager. I, had, I opened my mind up to torment through, you know, wrong, wrong, getting involved in sin and stuff and just tormented my mind. But I found out that he redeemed me. Chastisement of my peace was upon him. What was robbing me in my peace fell on Jesus. Mental oppression fell on Jesus. Uh, and the, Jesus, whenever he came, he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Whoo, my, my. I've been tormented and this is, peace is better. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's the Old Testament said we are, but the New Testament quotes these, these verses twice. Matthew 8, 17, you can just write this down. I'm not going to turn there right now, but uh, it's quoted in Matthew 8, 16 and 17. Jesus ministered, you know, to the sick and so forth. And then it said that it might be fulfilled was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. And then it says in uh, 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, we, King James, now here in Isaiah says we are healed. But then 1 Peter 2, 24 says by his stripes, we were healed. He refers back to the cross. He's referring back to the redemptive work Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, let's in the light of that, think about something Jesus said. I'm going to give you a whole lot of scriptures. I don't normally give this many scriptures, but it just came to me this way. So we're just sharing it the way it came. But do you remember when Jesus uh, talked about himself? In fact, just go and look at it. Go to the third chapter of the gospel of John. We're familiar with John 3.16, but back up just a couple of verses. Notice Jesus is talking about himself here. It's in red. We'll start in verse number 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Talking about on the cross. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Uh, that's verse 14, 15. We know verse 16, God so loved the world, so forth and so on. But notice he said that 
there was something that happened in the Old Testament that was a type of Jesus dying on the cross. So must the Son of Man. Just like that happened in the Old Testament, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in Him. Okay, what's he referring to? Go back to Numbers. If you want to turn there, if you want to just listen, that'd be fine. Numbers 21, verses 8 and 9. This is whenever they opened the door to Satan and the serpents came in. Hope I'm not going too fast for everybody. You know, whenever you only get to share it with, with somebody once a month and you got so, so much on the inside, you tend to con- kind of come and explode, you know. <laughs> the thing about this is you can go back and, and, and go back and listen to the, we'll, we'll put the video out online. You can listen to it. But uh, anyway, Numbers 21, look at this, verses 8 and 9. The Lord said unto Moses, these serpents had come in, they were biting people, who were, and they were poisonous snakes, you know, they were dying of the poison. The Lord said unto Moses, make thee, because he had, Moses cried unto God, Lord, have mercy on us here. And the Lord said uh, to Moses, make thee a fiery serpent. Fiery means poisonous. In other words, set it in brass. He made it out of brass. And set it upon a pole, and it came to pass, and it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. That's, now, think about that. Here's a, here's a snake crawling into your, your house and, and biting you. And, and he said, just look at that serpent on the pole. Right. Well, that was a type of Jesus. Yes. Jesus in John 3 said that. Yes. It's a type of Jesus. And so uh, that's a type of his substitutionary work on Calvary. Right. Is, am I making any sense? Yeah. And so when they looked at the type, this is not the fulfillment of the type yet. This is just the type. When they looked at the type of Jesus on Calvary, they got healed. Which means there has to be healing in Calvary. Well, somebody said there's remission of sin. Absolutely. But see, really, it's all one big package deal. Now, one of the ways we know that is that the same Greek word translated saved in the New Testament is translated healed in the New Testament. Somebody said, I got saved. Well, do you know what that all includes? There's healing in that salvation. Healing is just salvation applied to a different area of your life. Salvation doesn't just apply to the the spirit, your spiritual man. Now, like I said, man, if you're going to get anything, get that. (laughs) But salvation is for the whole man. No, we're not redeemed from physical death. We'll eventually die. That's the la- Bible said that's the last enemy that'll be put underfoot. Yes. I've had people say, well, if I don't ever get sick, how would I die? Well, you'd die the death of the righteous. Yeah. Right. Which is how the Bible says is the death of Jacob. We should die the death of the righteous like Jacob. If you read, I'm going through a lot of scriptures. I don't have time to go over all, all that the Old Testament says about it. But the death of Jacob was the death where he just prophesied to all his sons. And then he said, all right, adios, everybody. That's right. Pulled his feet up into the bed and gave up the ghost. About, he didn't say, the Bible didn't say he had any sickness or anything. And the Bible calls that the death of the righteous. The body without the spirit is dead. So a person could die just because they left, not because they got sick. So, you know, I, I don't have time. I could spend a whole week on that, but uh, we won't tonight. But notice that. Look, look, look at the, look at the, subst- the type, not even, not even the fulfillment of it yet, but the, what's coming. Look at the type of what's coming. 
and you look at that and there's healing in that. That poison that got into their veins and arteries that was poisonous and, uh, you know, venom of a snake that would kill was removed from their bodies and they were healed in their bodies by looking at Calvary. So there's healing in Calvary, just not just the remission of sins, there's healing. Now, let me ask you a question. Isn't it logical, uh, isn't it logical that if the, just looking at the type of Jesus healed their bodies and that we have even a better covenant than they had established upon better promises, isn't it logical that we would at least have what they had? I mean, if something is taken away from our covenant that they had, they could get in the Old Testament by looking at the type of Jesus coming and dying on the cross. And we don't have that today, then we don't have a better covenant. We ought to go back under the old covenant because they had things we don't have. No, no, we got this. We got this. Praise the Lord. Amen. The type of Christ could not mean more to those Israelites than Christ actually means to us today. Than the fulfillment of the type means to us today. So not only did Jesus take his sin, uh, excuse me, our sin, not his sin, uh, uh, take our sin on himself on Calvary, but he took our sicknesses and our diseases. Otherwise, you couldn't look at Calvary and receive healing. But Jesus said that's exactly, or, or Peter and Matthew and yeah. others said that's exactly what was in Calvary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know about you, but you can even be Baptist and shout about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for Baptist. But, uh, but by his stripes we are healed. Amen. That's right. Now, so there's healing there. And these are all great scriptures, but let's just bring healing. We won't want, we could take a lot of time on all these. Let's bring, let's look at the words and ministry of Jesus. What did Jesus say about this? Can we see healing in what he said about it? Is it for us today? Um, let's look at Matthew, excuse me. Let's look at Mark chapter number three, verse number five. We'll just give you the, the context here. I, you know, I know, I don't always go to this many verses myself, but I think it's important that we get a good foundation in the scriptures along some of these lines. Um, There's people that really want to know the truth. I want to know the truth. Uh, And so we just look at what the Bible says. I don't know what else to give people to establish what we're supposed to believe than the Bible. My opinion doesn't really matter. Your opinion, my opinion doesn't really matter. The greatest preacher in the world that has the biggest worldwide ministry in the world, his opinion doesn't really matter. It's what the Bible actually says. What did Jesus say? All right, this is the case where uh, the man with the withered hand was healed. Remember that man? And uh, you could read the whole passage starting in chapter 3, verse 1, but I won't take the time. But um, the Bible said that he said, he said uh, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil? And they, they just held their peace, you know. And he took the man, look at verse number five, when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth and it became whole as the other. Now, pastor, what are you looking at there? Um, uh, 
he said, is it lawful to do good there in verse 4 or to do evil on the Sabbath? Their big thing was, this is the wrong day. It's the Sabbath day. Don't come on the Sabbath day. I mean, Jesus is working. He's healing people. That's work. Not supposed to work on the Sabbath day. And they spit out their false teeth and got religious. I mean, they're just mad about Jesus healing on the Sabbath day. But Jesus kept on doing it over and over and over again. You'd think, Jesus, just, just, just live, to, you know, live another day and just do, stop doing this on the Sabbath day. I mean, because they're going to get so mad they're going to kill him over it. You can see one case where they took, right after this, maybe this is the one, I don't know. Yeah, it is. And they, the verse number six, the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. I mean, he's getting, he's getting, his life is in jeopardy by healing on the Sabbath. But he kept on doing it, kept on doing it. What's he trying to tell us? He's trying to tell us, see, the Sabbath is the seventh day. We, we celebrate it the first day of the week, but really it's the seventh day of the week. It's after, remember, God created the earth in six days, the seventh day he rested. And he told us to do the same, rest one day a week. And so people say, well, you know, we need to keep the Sabbath. Well, the Sabbath today is not a day. The New Testament says that. The Sabbath is a type of the finished work of Christ that we, we enter into the blessings that he provided for us at, because of the finished work of Christ, just like God did his work in six days and rested on the Sabbath day, Jesus finished the work of redemption and we get to enter into the rest of that without the works of the law, but just by receiving it by faith. And so he's healing on the Sabbath day to try to, every time, he, he got in trouble so many times, you ought to read the story, so many times we're healing on the Sabbath day. Yeah. I mean, they got off their donkey and stomped around mad. <laughs> healing on the Sabbath day. Healing on, they just didn't like it, but he kept on doing it. He's trying to tell us something. Yes. Healing is in the finished work. Yes. Healing is yes. in the finished work. Yes. But that's not even the good part here. He was looking around angry, verse 5 said, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. And uh, the, listen to the Taylor translation, deeply disturbed by their indifference to human need. You see that? Deeply disturbed by their indifference to human need. Now, look with me at uh, Luke 13. A number of times when Jesus healed, he said something like we see in Luke 13. This is the story of the woman bowed over with the spirit of infirmity. And uh, <clears throat> we could read this whole passage again. It's long, but let's just start reading in verse number 11, maybe. There was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years and was bowed together. We'd probably, she's probably like this, you know, can't stand up, and uh, could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. He gave her the good news. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now notice this. The ruler of the synagogue uh, answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. You, you ought to start noticing that. Man, it happens so often. And so, uh, don't mean that it was the only day, but you understand. He was healed on the Sabbath day, and he said to the people, there are six days in which men ought to work. See, that's what he thought he was doing, working. 
In them, therefore, come and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. The Lord said unto him, you hypocrite. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. Watch, pay real close attention. Don't each one of you on the Sabbath. Now, remember, we're seeing, we're seeing healing through the Bible. Now we're looking at the words of Jesus. Don't each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering. And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound. Oh, there's more revelation about sickness and disease. He calls sickness and disease satanic bondage. That's not the only time the Bible calls it. Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Healing all that were oppressed. So they were oppressed of the devil. That's, that's what sickness is. It's not a blessing from God. It's not called a blessing from God. <clears throat> so he, he uh, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound. Lo, these 18 years. My goodness. Can you imagine being bent over for 18 years? Being, uh, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. He said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed. All right, Pastor Jay, get with it. What are you saying? <laughs> you know, we need to see here that, and this is not the only case. There's another case we won't take time to go to in the Gospel of John, but uh, where Jesus ministered healing and called it being loosed from a bond. And he said, you, and, and, and in Mark, he ministered to the man and he was deeply disturbed, Taylor translation says, for their indifference to human need. In other words, they were so focused on, it's the wrong day, it's the Sabbath day, rather than focused on, there's somebody hurting here. Can you see the heart of Jesus? Can you see the way he was thinking about this? He's saying, you'll take an animal that's, that's maybe, you, he said him here, he said the, that's tied up, you know, you got him in the stall somewhere tied up, and he's thirsty. Even if it's the Sabbath day, you'll take him down to the, whatever, watering trough for the creek or whatever, yep. Yep. and you'll give that animal a thirsty animal. Another time, and I think it's in John's account where a man was healed, he said, won't you, and, and people were fussing about it, he said, well, won't you, t- uh, if you have a sheep that's fallen into a ditch, won't you go get it out even if it's on the Sabbath day? And he's saying that, that uh, he's not calling people animals. He's actually saying, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, he's actually saying in, the, in John's account, I wish I had the reference in front of me, we'd go look at it. He said, is not a person more valuable than an animal? Yeah. My, 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 my. Look at how Jesus saw healing. He saw it as just a need. He saw it as just, just like, it's just like an animal in distress or an animal that's thirsty. A person that's sick, they need to be healed. They need to be healed. Amen. They ought to be. He said here, this daughter of Abraham ought to be healed. Isn't that, that's a whole revelation right there because she's a daughter of Abraham. In other words, Abraham's people had a covenant of healing. That's why she ought to be healed because she has a covenant. But that's not the only reason. Another reason is just because I am here and I have compassion on hurting humanity. Jesus did not just heal people to prove that he was deity. 
he was deity. We understand that. We know that. But, and, and there might be a case, too, you can, you can argue that he proved that this is deity about healing. But right on the other hand, he didn't just do it because of that. He's doing it because he, he loved people. Because yes. He loved people. Yes. He loved people. Yes. And to him, love heals. Love heals. It takes it out of the realm of all this theological, you know, is it God's will or is it? it well, does it hurt? Yeah, you're not supposed to hurt. Thank you. <laughs> he doesn't want you to hurt. I, I use it. I illustrate it this way sometimes. Let's say you went on vacation. You and I were neighbors and you said, uh, uh, we're going on vacation for a week or 10 days. Would you mind kind of watching the house and so forth? And, and don't forget to feed the dog. I say, sure, we'll do that. Enjoy your vacation. So you leave, and the dog's in the backyard. He's on one of those uh, chains, you know. He can run up and down. You ever seen those chains? He's, you can run. The, the, there's a cable stretch for a long distance. He can run on that chain all the way back and forth. And maybe he's on one of them. And I go out there to feed your dog. He looks fine. Next day, feed your dog. He looks fine. Next day, feed your dog. looks fine. Then I go out there one day, and he's all tangled up in that chain. And I don't do anything to get him out. And I just, I just you know... And, and you come back home and the dog's died because he got tangled up in that chain. And you say, you'd come home and you'd go, what happened? And you'd say, well, the dog got, I'd say, well, the dog got tangled up in the chain. Well, did you see it? Did you not see it? In time? Oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Come on. I saw it. Was, well, didn't you do anything? Well, I didn't know if it was the will of God. How many of you know it's like? <laughs> but that's what people are doing with hurting humanity. Well, we'll just pray and see if it's the will of God. That doesn't make any more sense than me praying to see if it's the will of God to get that dog out of that chain. Doesn't make any more sense. Jesus healed because he had compassion. He was, he was angered. Taylor says there in Mark 3, 5, he was angry, deeply disturbed by their indifference to human need. You read the Gospels closely, and the Bible said Jesus, if I can get to it, I'll get to it tonight. But Jesus, he healed them that had need of healing. Somebody said, I wonder who qualifies. Do you need it? Do you need it? It's provided in the benefit package. Well, we're not, we're not children of Abraham. Well, Galatians 3 says we are. They that are Christ are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We just need to hear this. Because everything in the world is telling you something else. Everything, almost everything in the world is telling you something else. But... Uh, we, we can do like David, meditate in the covenant yes. and build our faith. Oh, I'm so excited tonight. I'm so excited tonight. He, th this shows the compassion of Jesus, which we'll look at later. <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get to anything later. We're, gonna, we're, we're not getting very far here. But, but, but you see Jesus healing because he was moved with compassion. One time a leper came to him and said, and this is Mark 1, if, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, lepers are supposed to stay outside of society. They're supposed to be quarantines. It's a contagious disease. And, uh, 
And the Bible said this man came. And Jesus, he said, if you will, you can make me clean. Mark yes. chapter number one. And Jesus, the Bible said, moved with Ooh, compassion yes. on him. Yes, he did. Moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. Amen. Yes. You're not supposed to touch lepers. But because of that compassion, yes. he touched him. He said, I will. There's, his, there's the words of Jesus. We're looking at the words of Jesus concerning divine healing. I will. It's the only time in the Bible, well, in the New Testament, that we have record of somebody asked if it was his will. Well, then that settles it. Well, we just don't know the will of God. Well, if you don't know what Jesus said, you know the will of God. If you know what the covenant says, you know the will of God. I feel like a lawyer pleading my case. You know what I'm talking about? I will. That settles it. Now, if he willed for that man to be healed and doesn't will for all of his people to be healed, he's a respecter of persons. The Bible said he is no respecter of persons. See, it's not something we've got to pray about. To get, a, to get a unique revelation of whether it's the will of God for any one person. The Bible gives us the will of God for all of his people. So we don't have to pray about whether it's his will. That's pretty good preaching whether you're going to admit it or not. All right. Now, let's go over to John chapter... Well, let's, 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 uh, let's skip down to Mark chapter number 5. We're talking about the words of Jesus here. Yes, Can we find out the will of God? Now, in all these things that we're reading, just remember, and then we're going to look at the ministry of Jesus if we can get to it here. Just remember that in John 14, 12, Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. So when he was going around healing all that were sick, as we'll see some scriptures said, all that were sick. When he was going around healing all that were sick, he said, he said, this is the will of the Father. This is the will of the Father. This is the will. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, if it wasn't God's will for all them people to be healed, then Jesus is out getting people out of the will of God. I'll just bring it down home a little bit. If it's not God's will for all to be well, then what are we doing, them take, what are we doing taking them to the doctor to get them out of God's will? Intuitively, oh, yeah. we know sickness is not good. Sickness, bad. Healing, good. <laughs> this culture, and thank God, I appreciate doctors. I mean, if, if we don't get it by divine healing, go get it cut out. Praise God. Live another day to serve Jesus, you know. But my point is, uh, if it's not God's will, then what are we doing say, taking people to the doctor to get them out of God's will? If it's not God's will, then every doctor is in rebellion to Jesus. Every hospital is, a, is, a, is not a house of mercy. It's a house of rebellion. And boy, we need to shut it down because they might be getting people healed that are not God's will to be healed. I know it sounds silly, but when you actually look at it, can you see how silly some of these things are? Some doctrines, some doctrines, you know, you need help, you need help believing things like that. <laughs> You, you might sound, I'm, sound like I'm mad. You don't know me. You think I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm, I'm just standing up for what the Bible says. And you got to sometimes fight the good fight of faith and resist things that come at you, you know. 
All right. So uh, Matthew, what did I tell you to do? Mark 5, Mark 5, verse 34. Now here's the woman with the issue of blood healed. And he said in Mark 5, 34, this is whenever she touched the hem of his garment. I think most of you might know about it. Mark 5, 34, he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now, that's not just something he said to one person. Matthew 8, 13, Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And thy servant was healed the same hour. Jesus in Matthew 15, 28 said, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee as thou wilt. The servant was healed that very same hour. Um, her daughter, excuse me. Uh, uh, Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So now these are the words of Jesus, and, and all of these statements I just read here of Jesus, they're all in the context of somebody receiving healing. He said, in one way or another, according to your faith. That's why we share on these things, because what we believe does matter. What we believe is a factor in us receiving our healing. God's will is that we be well, but if we don't believe it is... That's going to have. A, that's going to be a factor yes. in these things. Yes. That's what Jesus is saying whenever He said, "According to your faith." Right. In other words, your faith is a factor here. Yes. What you believe about this is a factor. Yes. Yes. Some some want to say, "Well, it's just if, if it's God's will, He'll just do it," mm. and they put it off all on God. No, our faith is a factor. Yes. Yes. Our faith is an issue. Yes. I want you to see that. So those are the words of Jesus, and we, we didn't go over all of them by any means. But let's go to some of the uh, uh, healings in the ministry of Jesus. Or uh, let's look at the healing in the works of Jesus. Uh, and remember, if we've seen him, we've seen the Father. Yes. With that thought in mind, we don't have one single case. You can, you can study this in the Gospels and you can find this out. I've studied divine healing for years, ever since 1990, really. Study divine healing. I have a syllabus. Actually, I don't know if people can get that online or not, but it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, yeah, I think you can get it on your, yeah, maybe they can download it or something, but it's a printout of every account of healing in Jesus ministry, including the healing of the multitudes. And it gives, gives a lot of, uh, detail about it. You can learn a lot by studying those. And I've done that for years, but in the ministry of Jesus, you can't find one person who ever came to Jesus, one account in the Bible that anybody came to Jesus for healing that was not healed. Now, you, you, can, you can think of, and, and rightly so, you can think of people that Jesus went to to minister healing to them and they wouldn't receive it. I've had people like that. I was invited one time, a man came to healing school, and he said, in Catholic Ministries, he said, would you come up, and my uncle, I believe it was his uncle, was up in the hospital, would you go up there and minister to him? I said, I'd be glad to. Well, I walked in the door, and I said, hello, how are you? He didn't know who I was. I introduced myself. I said, I'm from Kenneth Hagin Ministries Healing School. Your nephew, I believe it is, he asked me if I'd come up here and, and, and uh, talk to you and minister to you about healing. He said, well, I don't much believe in that. Oh. Well, I just loved on him, and yeah. you know. Well, d Jesus didn't say, according to the preacher's faith, he said, according to your faith. I can't use my faith to get you saved. In other words, I can't pray the prayer of salvation for you. And I can't pray the prayer. Of, I can pray the prayer of faith, but you have to receive it. You can download that for $5 on our 
Okay, well, we need to make it free. Seeds of Faith bookstore. Well, we'll bring some next week. Okay, let's do that. We'll do that. And so, um, but you can't find anybody that came to Jesus to, to, to receive healing that he turned away and said, no, it's not my will, not my will, not God's will for you. You don't have any, no case of that. Um, there were people that, like, like the, the Syrophoenician, my daughter's, you know, greatly oppressed, and Jesus just didn't even pay attention to her. You'd think, it, you'd almost see, you almost look at it and say, well, it must not have been his will. But she prevailed because he said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and give it to the dog. She wasn't in a covenant of healing. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what the issue was. But he himself had said, if you can believe anything's possible. And she showed him faith. He said, go your way. You're, you're. And, she, and she got it. And so... Matthew 9.35, he went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Can we look at some every verses and some all verses? Write these down, Matthew 9.35. I just gave it to you. Luke 4.40, when the sun was setting, Luke 4.40, when the sun was setting, all they that had any sick with diverse diseases, brought them unto him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. You could say, I mean, no, not adding to the scripture, say he healed every one of them. Sure did. Sure did. Wait a minute, we've got to stop at this one. This might not be the will of God. We need to pray. No, he was the will of God. Yes. He was God. Hallelujah. Oh, I might just shout here tonight. Luke 9, 11. Someone said, well, I heard a preacher say so and so and so and so. What scriptures did he give you? We're giving you scriptures tonight. Luke 9, 11. The people, when they knew it, followed him and he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. In other words, uh, anybody that needs it. Healed those that had need of healing. Yes, he did. Matthew 12, 15. When Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Amen. Healed them all. Amen. Wow, I bet there was a stack of crutches somewhere. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. <laughs> a big old pile of crutches somewhere. Matthew 14, 14. Jesus went forth. I don't know if you're writing these down, but get them later. Matthew 14, 14. He went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. It didn't imply that some he did and some he didn't. Just said he healed their sick. Matthew 14, 35 through 36. I mean, if one's not good enough for you, take the next one. When we, men of that place had knowledge of him, he sent out unto the, all the country round about. They brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that as many uh, besought him that they might touch, uh, they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. As many as touched. Not some didn't get it because it wasn't God's will. Matthew 15, 30. Great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Yeah. It implies just all of them. Just all of them. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Well, then that's Jesus' ministry. Can you, can you find any healing in Jesus' ministry? Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Can you find the will of God? Yeah, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Let's go on to the Great Commission. Uh, uh, if you look at the Great Commission, every time Jesus commissioned someone to the, to the uh, ministry, he always talked to them about healing the sick. This is in Luke 9, 1 through 2. This is the commission of the first 12 apostles. Luke 9, 1 through 2. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. This is a commission to go and minister. Then we have in the 10th chapter, the sending of the 70. I don't usually plead my case like this, but it's just like to, to, we need to establish this congregation on, on the truths of God's Word here. Luke 10, 1, through 9, or 1 and verse number 9. There's a lot in between there. You can read it later. It's all different parts of his commission to him. This is when he commissioned the 70. You remember he sent out the 12 and then he sent out 70 more? I mean, if you might remember that. This is Luke 10, verses 1 and 9. <clears throat> After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. And heal, this is verse number 9, he sent them to heal the sick that are therein. And say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto thee. Praise God. So he sent them into every place that, that every city they went into, including Lee Summit. Those particular seven didn't get to Lee Summit, but, but we're here now. So. <laughs> All right. Now look at Mark chapter number 16. Mark chapter 16 is now, now the great commission. All Bible theologians agree this is the great commission. He said, this is Mark 16, 15 through 17. He said unto them, go ye into all the world. Well, those first 12 didn't get to all the world. But, you know, we're here now. I mean, there's people all over the world now. Uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues. Take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it'll not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. Well, but we need to pray and see if it's God's will for that one, though. No, no, no. Just lay hands on the sick. In other words, it's God's will for all of them. I mean, why would He send them, tell them to lay hands on the sick when it was? Look at it. Look at the way He said it. Go into all the world and preach to every creature. That's talking about all God's people. All, all, really, every man is, belongs yes. to everybody. Yes. Whether they're saved or not, they can get in on it by salvation. Yes. But if it's not for all, then why did he say go to every creature and then lay hands on the sick? Well, that's passed away with the apostles. Well, the apostles didn't get into all the world. Here he said, this laying on the hands of sick for the sick is for every creature in all the world. They didn't get over here to America. Those original 12 didn't. But others came. Praise God. 
there, the others are a part of this great commission. Yes. The, I mean, we're all part of the great commission. Yes. <laughs> so if healing's not for today, if it was done away with the apostles, then why do you say the whole, go, go to the whole world and every creature and lay hands on the sick? I plead my case. I'm about to rest my case. <laughs> uh, this is just needed sometimes. Jesus never commissioned anyone to preach the gospel without including the ministry of healing to the sick. Isn't that good? Yeah. <clears throat> and then he commanded them, if you read Luke 10, 1, or Luke 10, 8 through 9, he said, Into whatsoever you city you enter, heal the sick that are therein. Wow. Luke 10, 8 through 9. Well, we entered into Lee's summit. Amen. So that command is still for us, and it applies to all gospel ministry today. Because it's for all. If it's not for all, why would he include it in all? <laughs> I haven't felt so much like a lawyer in my life, but I'm just like, I'm pleading my case, pleading my case, pleading my case. So then we have John 14, if you've, uh, the, John 14, verse number 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall you do also in greater works than, you sh th th than these shall you do, because I go unto my Father. So Jesus was declaring he would do the same works through his people as he himself did. Isn't that right? And so you can see that. Then we come over to uh, the, the, uh, James 5, 14 and 15. These are uh, verses written to elders. Well, really it's written to the sick too, but uh, direction for elders or ministers, you might say. James 5, 14 and 15. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him to see if it's the will of God or not. No, he just said, just go ahead and pray. Uh, anointing him with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. That's the same Greek word translated, heal the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now that answers something else. Some people say, well, every person, I've heard preach preachers say that. Every person that's sick is because they got sin in their life. That's a phony, false doctrine. You might be sick just because you're alive down here on this planet and your body's not immortal yet. Not because of any sin. All sickness is because of sin, but not the individual's sin. All sickness is because of Adam's sin. Amen. Now, people can get sick because they've sinned. Maybe we read that, fools because of their transgression, but that's not, the, that's not every case. You can just get sick because you get attacked of the devil. He just doesn't like you and he wants to take you out. But you, you're on to him now. Yes. Praise the Lord. So this is part of the Holy Spirit's ministry to the whole body of Christ. Besides, um, let's come over now to the revelation of the epistles. We've got to wrap this up. Been preaching long enough. In the epistles, we have verses like 3 John 2. The great revelations of the epistles. See, the epistles are where we live today. We're living in the, in the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ after his resurrection. And so we're living in here in the epistles. But it says here, John, 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Well, that was just John's desire for, for, for his beloved, people that he loved. The word beloved means people that are loved. Well, what put that love in him? Where did he get that love? That, that comes from God. So the love that came from God made John say, I want you in health. 
I want you to prosper and I want you to be in health. Then we got Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed. These, these are the revelation of healing in the epistles. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, which includes sickness and disease. Then we got Romans 8.11. If the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. If you know anything about the body, this one's mortal. The one we're going to get is immortal. In other words, they won't even be subject to sickness or disease or death. <laughs> Amen. But this one's mortal. The one we're living in now is mortal. It means it's subject to that. But he's given us something for that. The quickening of the mortal. The quickening. That mean, the word quickening means making alive or imparting life. Praise God. The, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. That's, in other words, the spirit that raised Jesus' body from the dead uh -huh. yeah. is the same spirit that lives in us. That's the same Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. <laughs> and uh, his ministry to believers today, one, one of his ministries, he has a large ministry. He has a ministry of guiding us in the affairs of life. He has the ministry of comforting us, teaching us. There's so much the Holy Spirit does, anointing us for service. But notice he said, here's one thing the Holy Spirit does. This is part of his ministry, is to keep your, physical, your mortal body going. Yes. To, to keep quickening. Quickening means make alive. Yes. Yes. And, and we know that, it, that the Holy Spirit can do that because he raised Jesus' body from the dead. Yes. That's how Jesus' body was raised from the dead. The Holy Spirit came on his body. Yeah. He, came, came, he came up and, and came back into his body, but the Holy Spirit uh, was there quickening his body. Isn't that good? That helps me. That's the same ministry today. Then we've got, we're almost done here. Consider 1 John chapter 3, verse number 8. 1 John 3, 8, he that committeth sin is of the devil. In other words, practices it, just lives it, is of the devil. But he goes on to say, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested. This is why Jesus came. That he might destroy, did he say, the work singular of the devil? The works, plural. He came to destroy the works, plural, of the devil. Well, we can see from the context, sin is part of that. He mentions sin there. But right on the other hand, um, he didn't just limit it to sin because he said works, plural. Well, sickness is revealed as one of the works of Satan. Acts 10.38 said that. Didn't, didn't, didn't we? Well, we referred to it. And so Jesus came to not only destroy the work of sin, Satan binding our lives in sin and tormenting us and harassing us, taking us to hell and all that. He came to destroy all of Satan's works, all of them, works plural. So, so really, uh, sickness is part of what Jesus came to destroy. It's a part of redemption. I mean, healing of sickness is part of redemption. Isn't that uh, clear whenever you actually look at it? So Jesus 
in his earthly ministry, always treated sickness and disease as if it was the work of Satan and just went ahead and healed it. He didn't even stop and pray. Is this one the work of Satan too? Is this one the work of Satan too? Is this one, this one too? This one too? No. He just went ahead and treated all of them like it's all the work of Satan. <laughs> Isn't that good? Now, with that in mind, consider Colossians 1.13. You thought I rest my case a long time ago. I'm about, I'm about done. Colossians 1.13, who hath delivered, Jesus has delivered us yes. from the power Hallelujah. of darkness yes. and has translated us yes. into the kingdom of his yes. dear son. Yes. Who has, when's he going to do that? Already. Hath delivered us. Hath is old English for has already. Right. Yes. Already delivered us. That's what he did on the cross. He delivered us from the power of of darkness. See, that's a reference to Satan. That's the reference to Satan. And so Colossians 2.15 says, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. That's what Jesus came to do. He, he delivered us from Satan's power. But see, don't just think of Satan's power when it comes to sin only. Or bondages of those kind of things. But how about Satan's power in the area of binding people's bodies, yes. inflicting their bodies? Yes. So then we have 1 John 5, 4, Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Yes. See, this is where faith comes in. First yes. Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Resist the devil steadfast in your faith. What if he's coming against your body with sickness and disease? Resist that steadfast in your faith. Faith is the victory. That's what Mark eleven twenty three says. That's what uh, uh, Romans four seventeen through eighteen says about Abraham's faith. And I'm I, I go ahead and rest my case. I'll just go ahead. And <laughs> hey, Jesus said oftentimes that their, his, the person's faith made them whole. So what we believe about this does matter. I've had people say, well, you know. I hear that, but, you know, uh, you, you kind of put a heavy burden on people, you know, making them believe something and, and so forth and so on. Yes. And you kind of imply that if somebody died, it's because they didn't have faith and they're a bad person or, you know, something like that. You know, um, sickness, sickness, first of all, um, first of all, I didn't kill them. Yes. Um, <laughs> 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 the devil did that. And they, they try to, they get, they get, they get mad at preachers sometimes. Yeah. And well, you know, you're just trying to say that person didn't have faith and so forth and so on. I have failed a couple of times in my life to receive my healing. So if I'm, if I'm looking down my nose at other people, I have to look down my nose at myself sometimes. That's good. You understand? But the Lord showed me exactly why I didn't receive and it, I had gotten distracted and wasn't staying strong in faith. Well, what'd you do? Went to the doctor and had it fixed and went on to preach. <laughs> Somebody said, you didn't get God's best? No, I missed God's best a couple of times. Not all the time. I'm, most of the time I'm hitting it. But right on the other hand, uh, I'm not saying people are bad people. I'm not saying people have, if they failed to receive, well, you know, you're saying, you're saying, you know, they're, they're, they're not good people. Uh, I know, I know otherwise, you know, there's a lot of good people that just don't know that it belongs to them. That's a lot of times that's just where, that's just where it is. But, um, you know, when it comes to putting responsibility on people, 
we're just sharing the, the remedy. We're not, we're not, let me ask you this. If a doctor came and he said, <clears throat> you know, you, you had something going on, wasn't feeling good, or something went to the doctor and he did his test or whatever and came back and said, well, it's this, you know, you got some situation here in your body or something, maybe part of your body's not working right and, and he's giving you a diagnosis. That is a diagnosis, not an accusation. Isn't that right? He's just simply saying, now here's what the situation is. And he might even say, I don't know what, you know, every, every situation is different, but he might say something like, you know, um, maybe you haven't been eating right or something. I want you to fix your diet or something. That's not a, a, an accusation. He's just diagnosing. That's right. And I think if we see what the Bible says and just diagnose what the issue is sometimes where we're, we're believing it's not always God's will or, or we're believing something other than the word, which is the diagnosis for why somebody doesn't receive, we're not, that's not an accusation. I've, I've failed myself at times. But I don't change the Bible. I, I, don't, I don't go to say, well, it's not always God's will because I haven't always experienced it. I don't change the Bible to meet my experience. I change my experience to meet, meet the Bible. If the greatest healing preacher in the world killed over after a healing service and died of a sickness and disease, none of us should change our doctrine. Because our, our doctrine is not based on that, his, his ministry or whatever. It's based on what does the Word say? What does the Word say? Isn't that good? These are things that people, they, they, hear, hear, they hear what's being said, but they hear it wrong, thinking we're saying one thing when we're not saying that at all. Like, for example, <clears throat> let's say, because healing really is based on spiritual laws. Have you ever plugged in your hair dryer and just, uh, you know, you're going to dry your hair, you turn on the switch and nothing happens. You're like, what's going on? So you look down there and, you know, nowadays most of those plugs have that little button on it. And it pops out sometimes if, if the circuit, you know, was overloaded, you know, whatever. Sometimes, I don't know. I don't even know. Don't ask me afterwards why it does. I just know it does. <laughs> ask some of these engineers. <laughs> but it pops out sometimes. Well, the circuit's broken. That's what that little button does. It's a little protector for surges of electricity. So, so that, that thing popped out. Well, what that did, that broke the flow of the electricity. But that doesn't mean there's not electricity right there. Electricity is still right there in the wall. Just the circuit's been broken because electricity flows on, you know, certain spirit, excuse me, certain natural laws. In other words, it doesn't flow on a pencil or flow on a piece of hay or something. It flows on metal. We're revelating now, aren't we? <laughs> but my point is that circuit got broken. Now that doesn't make you an evil person because that circuit got broken. You evil person, your, your, your hair dryer's not working. No. No, it's just that a, a law got broken. Something, something broke the contact. Something. And God's power in the spirit realm is just like electricity in the natural realm. It, has, it needs something to flow on. And in God's realm, it flows on faith. Flows on. That's, that's the conductor. That's what makes contact. With the power of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, but see, that you're, you're a good person, but your hair dry is not working even as, as a good person. 
Does that make sense? We're not saying that you're evil because your hair dryer doesn't work. Right. <laughs> we just got to think about these things. Let's say, let's say I, because uh, healing is based on spiritual laws. Right. There has to be a contact of faith to make, to make it flow. Well, uh, let's say I'm walking around out here somewhere in the dark. I'm not familiar with this area. And let's say there's a rock ledge, a big old rock, maybe, maybe a couple stories high for some reason. And I didn't know it was there. And I'm out and just walking around outside and I walk off the edge of that thing and fall down and, and break my neck and die. Well, you won't have my funeral and say, well, he was so evil. He just died. <laughs> no, I didn't die because I was evil. I died because I, <laughs> I got crossways with the law of gravity. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Right? So don't hear this the way some people hear it. Hear it as, as just based on certain ways God does things. And we just need to align ourselves with the way he does things. Amen. Would you get anything out of the word tonight? And, uh, but yet, right on the other hand, even if I was a good person, I still died if I fell off that cliff. Isn't that right? And that's the way people are. People are good people. Love God. Go to heaven just as quick as you and I. You understand what I'm talking about? And yet they didn't make contact in this area because the way it flows is through their faith. And if we sit in churches where we're always hearing, well, you know, that's been done away with the apostles. And, you know, sometimes God does heal today and sometimes he doesn't. I didn't have time to get into all that tonight. But, but if we sit under that and we hear that, we're going to develop faith against God's word. We're going to start believing something other than God's word. So that's why we need to hear these things. Well, let's stand to our feet. Thank God for the truth. Amen. I know a, a man that we sat under. He's now in heaven. We're, we're still continuing to sit under his wife's ministry, Pastor Nancy Dufresne. Oh, man, if you haven't uh, listened to some of her services online, you need to get there and listen to them. <clears throat> but uh, her husband went to heaven, Dr. Ed Dufresne, and he got a hold of the Word. There's a book out. There's two of my favorite books on divine healing, if you want to get a hold of them. Um, one is uh, Christ the Healer by F.F. F. Bosworth, and the other was Healing the Sick, I believe it's called, by T.L. Osborne. It'll just really feed your faith along some of these lines. And uh, anyway, but uh, Dr. Ed Dufresne got a hold of the book, Christ, uh, Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne. And yeah, that's right. My wife has a book. Pray for me after the service. All right. I got it. <laughs> Can I get a ride home with anybody? I just <laughs> Amen. That's right. She's got a real good book on it. Amen. Uh, but um, Dr. Ed Dufresne got a hold of the T.L. Osborne's book, Healing Heal the Sick. And he got so, he got his mind renewed and started ministering. And he ministered to a child in the uh, children's church that had, had didn't, was born without a hip socket. Yeah. One, of his, one of his hips. He didn't have a hip socket. So, you know, limped or whatever. I'm not sure how he walked, but he didn't have normal walking ability. And he laid hands on that child, and that child was healed. And everybody in church, of course, found out about it, and they got so mad that he had to leave the church. What kind of spirit is that? Makes you wonder if Jesus would look around in that church and get angry because of their indifference to human needs. That's just not right. Just not right. I mean, I mean... Uh, even doctors have more compassion on people than that. 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, let's just play in the background. I'm prompted. If you want to have hands laid on you for healing in any, any area of your body, then we'll just lay hands on you. So make your way up if you would like that. So whenever we do, you're, you're, uh, when we lay hands on you, you're, that's your point of contact. To just say, right now is whenever I believe I my, my receive my healing. Amen. You want to say something, sweetie? Uh, while you're coming up, please do feel free to come up if you have a need for healing in your body. And next time, Teresa will write this down. Uh, we are going to bring the Divine Healing Health book uh, next time. And I'll just give them away free. And if you'd like, I'll sign them for you too. But you can get them online if you'd yeah. like to read it online. Maybe it's Amazon and several different places. But I just want to be a blessing to those who come. And I'll, I'll probably just bring about 50 of them and we'll just give them out. Okay? Amen. All right. All right. Anyone? We, we use that for our class. Our, yeah, there's our a class in our church taught every class. Sunday. Praise the Lord. Everybody got what they need for need tonight? Here we got some. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As a, an expression of agreement, why don't you just reach out your hand to those that came tonight? And uh, okay, he wants me up here. And uh, just reach out your hand toward them. And by that, you're just saying, I'm releasing my faith with them, towards them, agreeing with them. Father, thank you for the word tonight. Thank you, Father, that you said you confirmed the word with signs following. Thank you for redemption. Thank you for our rights and privileges. And, Father, we agree tonight as we lay our hands on each one of these, we agree for your divine power to flow into them and heal their body. And, Satan, you take your hands off every one of their body in Jesus' name. So, Father, we lay our hands on him in agreement, and we say, be healed tonight as we lay our hands on you. In Jesus' holy name, we thank you for it, Father. In the name of Jesus, thank you for it. We lay our hands on our sister tonight in the name of Jesus to impart your healing power to her body. Oh, there it goes. Be healed as you, as you uh, have hands laid on you now. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. Yes, yes. This is confirmation of what you've had in your heart. The Spirit of God will use you mightily and use you in the things of the Spirit, even healing, and flows of power, flows of power through your voice, flows of power through your music and through your singing, and great shall be the blessing on the people. Hallelujah. So be faithful. Continue to walk in the light. And the things that you have in your heart will all come to pass. And it will be fulfilled as you are faithful to take the steps he tells you to take. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for our sister tonight. Thank you she's precious in your sight. And that you are good. That you are her healer. She come to receive from you her healer tonight. We lay our hands on her so that your power can be ministered to her body right now. We release our faith. And we thank you that power goes into her body. And drives out the works of Satan. In Jesus' name. We call her healed. And we thank you that as we pray we believe we receive it. And it's done now. 
In Jesus' name, thank you for it, Father. Is this for somebody? Father, we lay hands on this cloth. As we do, we thank you for your power driving out, going, going into this cloth so that when it's laid on the body of the sick one, it'll drive out the disease, drive out the sickness. And Father, we agree for their complete health and healing and restoration to strengthen their body. Be strong, be healed by the power that raised Jesus from the dead. We give you praise for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Now we lay hands on you in the name of Jesus to be healed by God's power. Be healed by your faith in the name of Jesus. Satan, you take your hand off his body. Command his body to work normal. Every part of his body to function as it was designed to function. In Jesus' name. We lay hands on you now in Jesus' name. Be healed, Michelle, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. I command that condition to reverse and go back to normal. In Jesus' name. Thank you for it, Father. Father, we thank you for strengthening my wife's body to heal her body in Jesus' name. As she's receiving this anointing, we thank you tonight. She will rest good and she'll wake up strong in the name of Jesus by your power. Thank you, Lord. That anointing that raised Jesus from the dead quickens her murdered body. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we lay hands on our sister. And we thank you for your covenant. Thank you. She's precious to you. She belongs to you. You have purchased her redemption, her right to be free from all the attacks of the enemy against her body. She's come to lay hold of that tonight. We agree with her. As, we're, as our hands are laid on her, your power surges through her body tonight and drives that out. I command it to leave and never come back by the authority of the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Yeah, um, I hear the Spirit of God saying the past is gone. The past is no more. And forgive yourself. Have mercy on yourself. For the Lord is merciful and compassionate. And he holds nothing against you. So be free from condemnation. Knowing that you are loved and accepted. Because the love of Jesus, the blood of Jesus makes you worthy right now to receive your healing in Jesus name does that mean something to you good <laughs> yes 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 thank you for it father <clears throat> thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus we lay hands on you in the name of Jesus for healing in your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet I command that to line up Yes, 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 yes. <clears throat> um, I'm not sure what you came for, but I know this. There's some things, and, and maybe you came for something else, but I, I know this. There's some things in the area of the chemical balance or uh, hormonal makeup or whatever that needs to be corrected. Is that right? Is that what you came for? That is what you came for. We call that changed in the name of Jesus. Yep, normal, 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 normal. Thank you for it, Father. Oh, there it goes. Mm, power, 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 power. Thank you for it, Father. 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 We lay hands on you in the name of Jesus for strong and strength in her body. We, we command your body to be healed and restored to the full function in the name of Jesus. 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 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Be healed tonight as we lay our hands on you. There it goes. Thank you for it, Father. 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 Praise you, Lord. Let's just thank him tonight. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. said when you pray believe you receive you remember that so that's what you did when you came up here that's that was your point of contact so right now you believe you received your healing we don't wait to see something we, we, we believe we receive when we pray amen Jesus gave that teaching there in Mark 11 24 and the context is when he cursed the fig tree remember that if you remember Mark 11 and Jesus cursed the fig tree, they walked away, came back through, and then the next next day came back through again. And Peter said, the fig tree you curse is withered away. Jesus then gave that teaching on faith and prayer, commanding and to, you know, the mountain to be removed. And then whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive. Remember that? So he's given that in the context of that fig tree withering away. They couldn't see that fig tree had withered away, that anything had happened. They couldn't see anything change for 24 hours. 
Amen. So what he's saying was, because Peter said, the fig tree you curse is dried up from the roots. That's not the way a fig tree normally dies, or any tree. It normally dies from the top down. This one died from the roots up. So what are we saying? It started in a realm you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see it right away, but it had already started. Eventually it showed up. That's what you're believing tonight. It started the moment hands were laid on you. That's why he said, believe you receive when you pray. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So, so go your way believing that you receive your healing. Believing that you receive it. And just hold the enemy in the arena of faith, if I can say it that way. Hello, this is Pastor Debbie Eberly. It's so good to have you on our broadcast today. If you've been blessed by this ministry, we want to invite you to be a partner with us. We have Facebook at Eberly Ministries and also YouTube at Eberly Ministries. And be sure to like and share those with others. Our heart is to bring you into encounters with God to empower you to always be victorious with the spirit of faith. Amen. Our website at everlyministries.org has different resources. One is the online archives. We have the Gym Vault, and it's an online repository of free audios, teachings. We have the Spirit of Faith Bible Training Center. If you just want to grow in faith or you've been called into the fivefold ministry, that would be a rich resource for you. The Faith to Faith blog, it's a powerful devotional uh, teaching by Pastor Jay and also online Spirit of Faith bookstore. Uh, if you're just interested in our products, our books, our CDs, our scripture CDs with music background, you can avail yourself of those. Uh, if you have a testimony or you need prayer, please use the contact form and message us and we'll rejoice with your testimonies and we'll pray for you. Amen. Uh, so we're so thankful for what God is doing on the earth today and through JRBLA Ministries. And on behalf of Pastor Jay and the staff and the JM and Spirit of Faith family, we say thank you for all you do for the kingdom of God. God bless you.